Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. And welcome to Minisode 108 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Hello, how are you my friend? I am alright, thank you. How are you? I'm also alright, yeah. So far, off to a good start. Yeah, everyone's doing okay to well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we can move outward from there for date stamp purposes. Coming at you around about 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So it's sailing a little bit close to the deadline wind, but, you know, that's sometimes how we like to live. <laughs> yeah, we like to live dangerously, and uh, we like to give ourselves next to no time to edit and construct episodes. No, absolutely not. Where, where would be the fun in that? Yeah, it's the strong, violent way. <laughs> how has your week been? What have you been watching? I haven't really watched much, to be honest. Um, I've been busy with various other things, and I'm still mired in The Last of Us Part 2. Okay. Um, what about actual viewing, then? Actual viewing? I watched something the other day, um, and actually last night, it only popped back in it my mind that I was going to talk about it because I saw our pal Joey Keogh tweeting about this very same thing. Okay. So I went back and watched a film from 2018, a Thai film called The Pool. The Pool, okay. Do you know anything about this? No, is that the pool is in the swimming pool or the pool is in the opposite of push? It is the pool as in the swimming pool. Okay. So what we have here is a couple get stuck in a six meter deep swimming pool. Oh yeah, okay, keep going. It's empty of water, uh, otherwise that might just be a splashingly good time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but they're not stuck in there alone, they're stuck in there with a pretty aggressive crocodile. Okay. I quite like this. There's this, There's a real uh, melodrama throughout it that I find quite funny. Uh, some of it is out- incredibly outlandish and there's a fair amount of uh, suspension of disbelief required for a lot of it. Makes sense, okay. Also, what I will say is, for the most part, the crocodile looks okay. Uh, so I think it's an entirely <laughs> digital crocodile throughout. Uh, okay. And sometimes it looks okay, but if it has to like be attacking anyone, the, the seams show a lot more. Uh, when it's kind of static or just like flapping its tail, everything looks fine. There's also some pretty nasty stuff in here. Anybody who's triggered, like, as I am, by trauma to the fingernails yeah. uh, might find this to be quite challenging at points. That's and, uh, a button of mine as well, as you know. As to how the guy actually escapes the swimming pool at the end, uh, it was one of the more... <laughs> Troubling and horrified things that I've seen in a film in a long time. Uh, Also, just want to say, there's a dog early doors uh, that I'm sure, Mitch, you would peg almost instantly as a goner. A goner, oh dear. So if you're also triggered by things happening to animals, uh, I would say tread carefully. But I had a fair amount of fun with this. I thought it was quite quite good. But the melodrama is absolutely through the roof. The main character's a bit of a cock. Right, okay, you do get them. Yeah, you do, you do. But uh, yeah, on the whole, I, I had quite a good time with it. It's like it's like a Thai version of Crawl in a lot of ways. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that mostly your lot for this week, then? It is, yeah. I did rewatch again, having only just watched it, Velocipaster. Well, I was actually going to mention Velocipaster as well, um, because we obviously watched it last week in preparation for last week's episode, where the director and writer of the Velocipaster, Brendan Steer, joined us to talk about Orphan. The Velocipaster, no release news for the UK 
as yet for this one, as you'll know if you listen to the episode. Yeah, it's worth um, mentioning, by the way, that we were sent a link from Brendan. This wasn't uh, us going through nefarious channels to get our hands on. As the many people have done, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no. So we we were watching it through kind of legitimate means. When the time comes that you do have your chance to get your hands on this legally, you've got to do it. Yes, absolutely, you do. It's it's, it's precisely as silly and ridiculous as you'd expect it to be um or as the title kind of suggests it's going to be mm-hmm. to its infinite credit in my opinion three words from a favorite moment in it which if you know you know car on fire <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's i think it's incredible i think the the kind of final battle sequence in it is absolutely hysterical oh yeah it's amazing yeah uh, but hopefully like i say some news on uh a release for that one as soon as possible but yeah worth a mention i think and a big thank you to brendan which we'll get to a little bit later for stopping by last week and uh, talking orphan with us yeah i had a great time talking orphan and uh surprising conversion for me uh less so speed racer and 50 shades darker but we'll get to that <laughs> What else have you watched? A lot of my viewing for this week was yesterday, and that was because I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did kind of drift in and out of the Home Horror Festival Pride edition. Sure, oh yeah, of course, yes. Which was nice. Um, and big thank you to Mitch Harrod, one, for organising another and programming another great day of films, mm-hmm. because there was a real variety on show there. Like I said, I didn't catch everything, but my intention is to hopefully catch up with some of the others today, because the links are live until tonight. Right. Yeah, a couple of films I want to mention. The opening film of the day, the feature, was uh, The Fear of Looking Up. Right, yeah. Which um, is um, this kind of revenge story about uh, this woman who is out for kind of retribution for something that happened to her mother. And as it unfolds, she kind of starts to lose her grip on reality a little bit. I was kind of on board with this to begin with, but the slow burn became kind of excruciating to me. Oh, right, okay. Um, I kind of ran out of steam for me. I don't think it, it's. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't invested by the time the kind of conclusion rolled around. Okay. But it's very well made, and I think that like if that's the kind of thing that you're into, then I think that it would work for a lot of people. And the general consensus on it was good. Right. Um, but it wasn't entirely for me. What was for me was a vampire short kind of using dating apps as its kind of driver called Thirst Trap. Oh right. Okay. Uh, which was really really great. I'm um, very simple. Very simple, but properly chilling. I thought it was awesome. Also, we had the new film from Charlie Steeds. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last film I saw was uh, Winter Skin. And what he has this time is a very trashy, sexy vampire film called uh, After Dark or potentially Vampire Virus. I'm unsure which title it's going to be released under. Okay. He co-wrote this with Sam Ashurst. Ah. Uh, who obviously made the film A Little More Flesh, which hopefully you'll all get a chance to see sooner rather than later. Sam of uh, Hex Media and uh, the Arrow Video Podcast and, of course, the Garbage Pail Kids episode of this show. Yes, yes, indeed. You can certainly tell that Sam's had a hand in this. Right. Um, there's some some very very funny dialogue that I am not. I'm, I obviously I don't know who wrote what in this, mm-hmm. but there are some very funny lines of dialogue that you can imagine coming out of Sam's mouth. <laughs> okay. So there was times that I was just like, ah, I bet Sam wrote that line. Like I say, this is like quite brash and quite silly and quite over the top, but uh, very fun. I would say it's probably it's the best film of Charlie's that I've seen. Okay. And yeah, the release again is kind of hazy on that for now, but uh, it's worth catching up with when it comes out. That's After Dark, or like I say, possibly Vampire Virus. I hope it's called After Dark because I don't like the title Vampire Virus. I don't mind. I'm saying. more on board for After Dark as well. One other thing that I want to touch on really quickly that was a cool thing that happened was we did have as part of it an interview with nick vince oh of course yeah his um 
Iron Monsters. Yeah, so when Nick was on the show doing Hellbent way back, way, way back, around about episode 64-ish, uh, he did mention at that time that he was just about to start promoting a one-man show that he did in October called I Am Monsters, which was about his career and his life and uh, kind of quite a lot to do with uh, his time working with Clive Barker yeah, mm-hmm. and things like that. He recorded a 15-minute extract from it in his house and we got to see that. And I have to say, I thought it was really great, really, really striking and uh, kind of like... Obviously, with the festival putting the emphasis on LGBTQ themes and voices, the segment that he chose kind of spoke to that in a very confrontational way, and I thought it was superb. I would love the chance to see the show if uh, if Nick's running it again at any point. And he was kind of a, obviously a little bit ambiguous and a little bit vague about that because making kind of concrete plans for these kinds of things is obviously a little bit difficult right now. Absolutely. But I would say that uh, it's certainly... As a tool for promoting the show, it worked very effectively on me, at least. I thought I thought that the segment that he did was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I would love the opportunity to see it. So I will be keeping an eye on that. And if the chance does arise in the future, we will, of course, give it a mention on here as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I thought at the time when we were talking to Nick about it, I thought it sounded really interesting. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, uh, like I say, it's great. Very promising. And that's about it for my viewing this week. Um, I've had quite a hectic one uh, from one thing or another. Sure. So it was quite handy that I managed to kind of like tick some viewing boxes yesterday by just settling in and watching about five hours of stuff. <laughs> However, did manage to squeeze in one more thing. Ah, back to the 90s. He sure does. So I played it kind of safe this week, I must say. And I revisited The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, right, okay. Just one of the best films ever made. Yeah, and just because why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like it's a very, very busy week. Uh, very busy week of work and all that kind of thing. A lot of things on the go. And I was just like, I was looking for something 90s to watch. And there was loads of things that were sitting there that I was like, oh, yeah, I could go for this. But I don't, and nothing was really grabbing me. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just need to settle in with what you know. Uh-huh. And I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And it never stops being kind of shocking and challenging and surprising yeah it's incredible nobody needs me to tell them that silence of the lambs is great but it was a necessary pick me up for me this week sure i genuinely consider silence of the lambs now to be a real kind of comfort film for me i've watched it so much i've got such a massive love and affection for it and it's never less like you say than impressive and horrible and chilling it's just an amazing incredible film i totally agree it's great. That concludes my 90s side quest action for sure. the week. Of course, there was no Smoky Thriller Friday this week because, one, we're shite at doing Smoky Thriller Fridays, and two, we also had the Zoom Watch Along as part of that very festival, the So Home Pride Festival. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I certainly don't have any plans this coming Friday. I don't know about yourself. I'm a tentative yes for that, yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm looking at my diary now, and it, it, it is clear for Friday night. I'm more than happy to pencil in a smoky thriller for this Friday night. Interesting development. Pencils at the ready. See you then, baby. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What have they been saying? It is time for a quick look at your feedback. And uh, there's been a decent amount of it this week, which is always very nice. So thank you very much to everybody for getting in touch and chatting to us this week. Yep, as always, thank you. Um, a few of you getting in touch and talking about Orphan, which was, of course, this week's episode, as we mentioned earlier, Brendan Steer yes. uh, stepping in and uh, picking Orphan from his long list of insane suggestions. This was a really fun one. I really enjoyed watching the film. I haven't laughed as much during an episode as that very often, I don't think, full stop. Um, it was a really fun, lively conversation, and it was. And Brandon can come back anytime, as far as I'm concerned. David S. Smith, horror in a tweet on Twitter, got in touch about Orphan and just said, "Excellent film, among my favourites of the decade, with a brilliant villain." 
Oh, wow. well, yeah, yeah, she is a brilliant villain. Can't argue with that. Uh, Brendan himself shouting out to all his own followers on Twitter, say, Yes, it's out. Come and hear me and Strong Violent PC talk all about the various icky plotlines in Orphan and honestly have a goddamn blast. I'm fairly certain that this is the most fun podcast I've participated in. That's nice, isn't it? That's always nice to hear. That is lovely. Um, so I'm glad I'm glad that I, I was talking about uh, how good a time I had. I'm glad that Brendan didn't come away and be like, well, that was fucking awful. <laughs> um, that's actually just about it that I've uh, in terms of stuff that I've got for Orphan. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I've got a few more things. Uh, Saltire Popcorn at Saltire Popcorn getting in touch to say, superb. Two things. Every time Brendan did his impression of Esther was gold. Yeah, it was. It was very funny. And Speed Racer is visually wonderful. Not down with the Fifty Shades love, though, but great episode. You know what, Kevin? I haven't seen it. I can't speak to that. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mitch. I like that you're not going in with any preconceived notions of this is going to be good, this is going to be bad. You're sitting on the fence until such time as you're bold enough to watch the Fifty Shades trilogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what? Like Lockdown has lasted a long time. Who knows when that will be? It could be any minute now. <laughs> 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 uh, on Brendan's accents that he employed during that show, which were plentiful, um, I did enjoy the Esther accent a lot, but I must say my personal favourite was the voice that he used when he was, uh, when he was quoting Grandma Barb. That sucks! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else in Orphan? Yeah, one more thing coming in from Kean O'Brien saying, gotta watch Velocipaster again in preparation for this week's episode of Strong Violent PC because there's no way I'm ever voluntarily sitting through Orphan again. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hated it so much that he is adamant he will never return to it. That is very curious. I'm, ve- I'm interested to know if, uh, if Kean's checked the episode out, if anything that any of the three of us said during mm. that hour and a half long conversation has piqued his curiosity in any way at all or if he's still just resolutely like nope never going back yeah what i will say about orphan is i think it, it was never a case of hating it for me because it's, it's not a bad film it was more ambivalence yeah and now it's it's kind of crossed that that boundary now into i quite like orphan good Good. Elsewhere, we did have a couple of people talking about the watch along on Friday. So we did do a Zoom commentary screening with uh, Paul Etheridge, the director of Hellbent, on that film alongside Mitch Harrod on Friday evening, which was uh, great, really insightful, really interesting. Big thank you to Paul for being such a great uh, kind of guest. Uh, on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Paul was incredible, actually, as a guest. He was incredibly open about himself. He was keen to talk about challenging subjects and things that were happening around the time and certain things that brought around Hellbent the way it, kind of the way it is now. And uh, I, I really can't thank Paul enough for coming on and being so free to talk about it like that. Yeah, it was it was, it was was really great. And uh, we weren't the only ones that thought so. Uh, Caitlin Scared Cheapless on Twitter just saying, loved seeing Hellbent as part of the collab between Strong Violent PC and the Soho Horror Fest. Thanks for joining in, Caitlin. Yeah, absolutely. I've got Gorehound with something as well, saying, great time last night with Soho Horror Fest and Strong Violent PC. Many thanks to Mitch and Mitch and me for a really insightful watch-along Zoom of Hellbent. When's the next one? Whenever someone asks us to do one, I guess. Well, I mean, don't forget, we can do our own, as we have done twice already. I mean, this is true. Yeah, we can do that. That's true. Uh, but in terms of commentary screenings and stuff like that, it could be a fun thing for us to do in the future, actually. I think it would be really good. I'd be really open to doing it again. I don't know how many people watch Hellbent for the first time, for example. And um, I don't know how us talking over it for, the f- for a first-time watch would affect it. But we're certainly more than 
more than happy to do this again and if at all possible we would like to put a link out there first so people could watch the film in advance yeah that'd be cool but um yeah these are these are all things we're, we're sitting with a massive tables full of plans and things that we quite like to do just now <laughs> oh in the in the war room yeah absolutely in the war room yeah 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 <laughs> uh some miscellaneous stuff quick hello to our old pal lucy Biglis. Ah, hi lucy she got in touch this past week in reference to the fact that i watched would you rather last week saying that she loves it as well so i i did think there'd be an audience out there for that one i did think there'd be people out there that were kind of with me on that point yeah i've got andrew marshall with some miscellaneous uh going back to last week actually and your uh, last week's pitch another great pitch by mitch and is actually not entirely dissimilar to Gigi sol guerrero's excellent short film dia de los muertos which you can watch on shudder as part of anthology mexico barbaro if you like the prospect of beautiful badass strippers on a rampage do you, is that a prospect that appeals to you mitch yeah sure <laughs> happy with it um <laughs> unless that a beautiful badass stripper is in veronica well yeah and there's actually there's actually we've got something to touch on there that we'll get to when we start looking at the pitches yeah. um i want to say a quick look at film fan stevie whose um cinemaless lockdown continues and he continues to uh blindly torture himself he tweeted us this week saying it's too hot to watch a movie so i'm going to the bottom of the barrel and experiencing something called reefer madness from 1936 right okay that still sounds like a movie yeah unless he's like you could barely call it a film. Maybe that's what he means. Well, maybe. I can confirm that Reefer Madness is a 68-minute exploitation film from 1936, and the synopsis is the movie features two high school students, Bill and Mary, who get lured into the world of drugs. Oh, dear. Dearie me. <laughs> that totally sounds like one of those things that would be kind of like a public service announcement masquerading as a horror film. That's just about my lot for feedback, I think. Have you got anything else? I don't. Just want to end then on thanking everybody that has been voting for us in the uh, British Podcast Awards this week. Yeah, I, I just want to say I'm fairly sure that we won't scratch the surface of coming anywhere close to winning this, but uh, I do want to say thanks to everyone who has taken the time to cast a vote for us. It's entirely lovely. Yes, I think that we are kind of far too small to make any kind of imprint on this, but um, especially on Facebook in the Chudlocker, there's been a massive outpouring of people getting in touch and saying that they voted for us, so it's really nice. So thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Maybe somewhere, maybe there's an award for a greatest effort or something yeah uh -huh, yeah yeah uh -huh. you know like those blue medals for participation that you get <laughs> yeah that everyone at school gets for taking part in a sports day even if you're like me and you've got terrible asthmatic lungs and you can barely complete a race but hey you tried that's all that matters and yeah and then like i said the, the, the support there is lovely as well so thanks very much for that yeah so <laughs> It is time once again for Mitch's Pitches. For those who are unfamiliar, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we are recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. You'll photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and leave only the image. It will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and also to give it a title and a synopsis based on the image alone. We'll share it on all the social media channels as well so you guys can play along at home, which a lot of you did this past week with a stripped kill. Yes. Uh, Reappropriated by me as Pro Bono Mojo Dojo. <laughs> um, fair few, you're getting in touch this week. So uh, let's have a quick run through some of the highlights. Uh, Canel getting in touch on Twitter and just, say, just saying, he didn't really have a pitch. He just said, I started typing out the stupidest idea I could think of involving strip club murders and masks and shit, and then realized it was literally the middle third of Verotica. <laughs> I guarantee you whatever Canel would have put together would have been better than the second segment of Verotica. 
I'd be inclined to agree. Uh, Jonathan Dodson getting in touch with a pitch this week. John D. Beard on Twitter. Well then. A masked lunatic is killing and skinning the hapless dancers of Sleazy Mike's Pit Stop Strip Club in 1987 Stripping Strippers. <laughs> uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. A man becomes obsessed with a pole dancer at a strip joint. When he's barred for bad behavior, he seeks to kidnap her for a private show. Unfortunately for him, she's actually a serial killer herself and more than he can handle. In killer heels, pleasers made for stabbing. <laughs> Moving on to Facebook, Laura Bynan, up-and-coming dancer Mary Lynn Chambers, takes vengeance into her own hands. She's had enough of being watched by pricks in Abel Ferrara's sequel, Miss 46. <laughs> Guy Harvey Reeford getting in touch as well on Facebook saying, American Ninja in Amsterdam. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, a warm welcome back to Chris Salt. Yes, yeah, we did put a call out, uh, the, the clarion call, I feel like, yeah, to Chris, and he of- answered. Yeah, we did the Chris Salt bat signal, and um, and he responded. Paula Manhoff, see what he did there, is a woman with a secret. By night, an exotic dancer at a TV gentleman's club, also by night, but later on, after the club is closed, a deadly lady kung fu master cleaning up the town by tracking down evil ninjas and the corrupt crime boss overlord. Yes, it's 1985's saucy city Shaolin showdown, ape diagram pole dancer. <laughs> Well, martial arts theme title there. Yeah, very good. Uh, that is your lot this week. So as ever, two prizes of nothing to be given out. One for best character name and one for best pitch. I'm going to give it to John Dodson for best strip club name. Uh, okay, yeah, good. And do you know, I'm so glad to have him back. It's everything I hoped. Chris Salt. John and Chris, congratulations. You are this week's winners. Grab the delivery driver once again on his way. Yeah. And I'll be sure to head over to strongviolentpod.com to track your parcel. <laughs> It's coming by one of those little drone robots this week, actually. Rab's on annual leave. All right, okay. You know what? It works hard. Fair play. (laughs) So, my turn. Yeah, are you ready for this? I am. Uh, Here it comes now. Okay. Heads up, there's a lot going on. Oh, God, you're not wrong. Okay, right. So the border of the image is white. Mm. Uh, The backdrop is black. Specifically, kind of like a skyline. uh, A night sky. In the foreground of the image, we have a, a blonde-haired woman who is kneeling on what looks like a tree stump. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. She is wearing kind of pale blue like shorts and um, a white and grey striped vest up. And she is in a state of some distress, I think it's fair to say. Yes, yeah, I'd say so. Her hair is being pulled and her arm and legs are being grabbed by uh, hands in various states of decay <laughs> um, rising up from the ground. Also, there is a long red what appears to be a long red tube attached to her neck, which is extending up into the sky. And what we can see there is this kind of bubble up there with these two kind of emaciated-looking skeleton men. And this tube is kind of connecting to other tubes. And it looks like they're being kind of filled with her blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what appears to be happening anyway. And, of course, in the background, we have a spaceship. Uh, I've got to say, that spaceship looks incredibly like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> It looks an awful lot like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. All they've so. done is they've added the little uh, cockpit. They've kind of duplicated that on the other side. Yeah, that's literally all you're getting in terms of difference there. <laughs> um, so there you go. Um, a blonde-haired woman harassed by undead hand, while a long tube attached to her neck gives uh, sustenance to skeletal aliens. <laughs> sure. Okay, I will, of course, need a moment. Yeah, you got it. You're incredibly jaundiced looking. Uh, yeah, I didn't find you there. Perhaps she's a, uh, perhaps she's a from the the Simpson, the extended Simpsons universe. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I see you. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to inform your uh, inform your pitch at all, but this could certainly be from a Treehouse of Terror episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, potentially. That is not going to inform what I'm doing here. Okay. <laughs> I didn't imagine it would. I do have something, though. Okay. Okay. It's 1954, and in the quiet, leafy <laughs> suburb of Largely Tranquil, things are largely tranquil. <laughs> Neighbours greet each other cheerfully in the morning. Kids walk to and from school without a care in the world, and sweet-natured housewives tend to their rose bushes and endless successions of sprawling gardens and white picket fences. Ooh. That is, until head cheerleader Misty Recollection mysteriously disappears. The town is rocked by the news, and the rumor mill was alive and kicking until Misty abruptly returns a month later with no recollection of where she's been. Oh. <laughs> Little do the residents know that a hyper-intelligent race of intergalactic essence-stealers are abducting the planet's most beautiful citizens and assuming their form to allow them to infiltrate Earth and overthrow the world's governments. Can the residents of the town stop Misty and her cohorts before it's too late? Find out in 1980's sci-fi mind-bender, Babe Nation Alien Invasion, the formation, occupation, and infiltration of a face-replacing space station. <laughs> That much was a sensation. Thank you very much. Oh, very nice to see you in there. Uh, okay, so uh, give me the lowdown then. What is this actually, and what is it about, and which kind-hearted IMDb soul is synopsizing for us? This I can tell you that the year is not 1980. Okay, the year is? The year is 1985. Okay, okay, fair days. And the film is Evils of the Night. Evils of the Night, eh? Okay, who we got? Uh, I don't know if this is something we've had before. I can't remember. We've had so many. Uh, there's really only a few standouts uh, who we recognise with any uh-huh. uh, clarity. This time we've got Brian J. Wright. Brian J. Wright. I don't think so. It's not ringing a bell, but okay. Vacationing teens are systematically kidnapped and taken to a strange rural hospital run by a mysterious group that needs their blood. That's all we've got. <laughs> all right, Okay. <laughs> It's not a C.P. Buckley one, I'll say that. <laughs> no, 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 there's, uh, there's uh, brevity involved. Yeah, definitely, a few unanswered questions. That concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is now everywhere, so uh, by oh. all means, get on and join in. By the way, Evils of the Night, currently on Amazon Prime, if anyone's Seen interested. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I'm, not saying it, this is a, I'm not saying this is a recommendation in any way, shape, or form, but what I'm saying is it's there if you want to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. Streaming platforms this week, then. Quite a lot of stuff coming this week, actually. Not to Sky Cinema, though. Nothing there. <laughs> sure. Uh, Amazon Prime, actually, coincidentally, Amazon Prime is adding The Silence of the Lambs this week. Okay, cool. On Tuesday. Uh, Shudder just a couple. On Shudder, we have got on Tuesday The Green Inferno. Right, okay. Uh, so, uh, not telling you how to live your life, but other films are available. Yeah, um, I, I, I would avoid that. Just go and watch Cannibal Holocaust instead. Yeah, but The Green Inferno from Eli Roth. New York college student Justine meets a student activist named Alejandro when he goes on a hunger strike on behalf of unpaid janitors. Smitten, she follows him on an activism <laughs> trip into the Amazon, where their plane crashes in the Peruvian jungle, and she and the rest of the group are taken captive by a tribe of hungry cannibals. Also on Shudder, on Thursday, we've got Metamorphosis. Jung Su, an exorcist, must face a demon he tragically failed to defeat in the past when it targets his brother's family next. Very vindictive. Yeah, yeah, they, but, that, but that's the thing about demons, Mitch. You, you can't trust them. Well, this is it. Yeah, no, they're statistically very untrustworthy. It's yeah. like people with beards. They're apparently, <laughs> apparently their general level of trust is lower. But there you go. And that's because half of the face is hidden. Yeah, it's true. What's what are they hiding back there? Yeah. <laughs> Weak chins, no chins, uh, um, strong chins. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullying. Uh-huh. Netflix, a whole bunch of stuff. On Monday, so today, if you're listening on air date, we've got Trick. When a vicious masked murderer seemingly returns every Halloween for another slasher spree, a detective finds himself caught in a maddening chase. <laughs> that sounds right up your street. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Um, a lot of people getting excited about this this week. I did see some people mentioning it, but on Wednesday, Netflix gets Session 9. 
Oh, superb. Cracking film. Uh, and his best usher mover claims he can clean up an abandoned psychiatric hospital in a week until he discovers the truth about its gruesome past. This is amazing. It's an, it's an incredible film. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, less so Wolf Creek 2, also coming on Wednesday. A couple's dream vacation turns into a nightmare when they run into a bloodthirsty serial killer with a penchant for mm-hmm. sadistic games. Okay. Um, this, uh, I... I quite liked Wolf Creek 1, but I felt that Wolf Creek 2 was just nasty and horrible for the sake of being nasty and horrible. Yeah, I've got some problems with where that goes, and it's got nothing to do with the actual violence. It's how the stakes are really false. Yeah. And I think that it's very hard to uh, invest in a film when that's the case. Also on Wednesday, got Remains, a horror film based on a graphic novel following the survivors of a bizarre accident that reduced most of the world's population to zombies. Also on Wednesday, Wrecked, um, a man wakes up trapped in a crashed automobile with no hope of rescue. As he struggles to survive, he slowly remembers the events that put him there. Also on Wednesday, July the 1st, very busy, Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. Oh, lovely. Excellent. Uh, a witty detective is hired to investigate the bizarre activities at the local bordello where the working girls are out for blood. Also, we've got Shattered Memories, which sounds very smoky to me, Andy. When her former lover is mysteriously murdered, a woman must clear her name and avoid the killer. Oh, noted. Yep. Um, also got Stories 24, the debut film from Johannes Roberts. And this creepy thriller, an emergency power shutdown in London, leaves four friends trapped by random circumstances in a cavernous storage facility. Mm-hmm. And on Friday, we've got a great one, actually. One we were just talking about just recently, Unfriended Dark Web. Ah, yes. Kraken film, a group of 20-somethings are pulled into a lethal online game after logging onto a stolen laptop. And also, a really interesting one here, actually, uh, starting on Friday, season one of Due on Origins. Oh, right. A TV series about, like, based on the grudge. Yeah, a paranormal researcher searches obsessively for a cursed home where something terrible happened to a mother and her child long ago. Oh, wow, okay. So that's your lot for this week. I would say pick of the bunch session nine, personally. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, I get that watched. So, turn our attentions to this week's show, then. As is tradition, it is that time of the month once again. It's time for an Andy versus Mitch episode. Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, so last month, it was me. <laughs> yeah. Bringing open windows to the table for reasons best known to myself. Uh, sure. So now we, uh, we're back with an Andy selection. Uh, this week. So, what are we going to go for, Andy? Well, I'm going to take you back to 1989, Mitch, and it's a great, I think it's a great film, and it's a film that needs more attention. Okay, interesting. Go on. We're going back to 1989 for Scott Spiegel's Intruder. Intruder? Okay, I know nothing about this at all. Yeah, well, you're going to. I will, yeah. So, this coming Friday for episode 108, it's Andy versus Mitch, and Andy has gone for Intruder from I have. 1989. I have. Is it, is it, I'm assuming this is kind of generally accessible? I think you'd probably be able to get your hands on it. It's certainly out through 88 Films' Slasher Classics collection, so it's probably available to get on various streaming platforms. Cool, sounds good. So that's this Friday. Hopefully you can join us for that. If you want to get in touch with us between now and then, then there are a few different ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can email Scenes at gmail.com and you can interact with other listeners on a whole variety of topics, an ever-widening pool of topics, Yes. Um, on our Facebook group, The Chud Locker. Absolutely, you can. And you can check out strongviolentpod.com for everything that you might want to know about us and the show and where you can listen, buy t-shirts, live dates when they're finally announced. Uh, and also, you could check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash strong language and violent scenes. 
we've got some cool stuff on there some really excellent stuff across the tiers from thanks on social media through to kind of patron only episodes all the way through to merch drops t-shirts pin badges art prints the lot yeah a lot of stuff going on there so uh yeah go check it out we've been pretty much overwhelmed by the response so far but we'll be saying thanks to a couple of people at the end of this episode as well yeah absolutely we're back freddy we're talking intruder and it's andy versus mitch join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chats goodbye bye Hey guys, as promised, just taking a wee minute to say thank you to some people who joined us on the Patreon this week. So, um, and there's been a few of you this week again, which is very nice. Yeah, um, lovely. Some incredibly generous people in the back as well. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Graham Hughes. Yes, director of Death of a Vlogger and lovely man. Yes, absolutely. Also, um, our old pal, Darren Gaskell. Darren, thank you so much. We love you and we are eternally grateful to have you along with us. Yeah, uh, listener to the show from absolutely day one. Yeah. Uh, also want to say hello to Keen O'Brien. Yep, hi. Thank you, and uh, thank you so much for contributing to this. It's massively touching to me and to Mitch, and to, for you to be so generous as well. Absolutely, yeah. Big love to you and Shan. Also, quick look, James Duffy as well. Yes, Duffy, thank you so much. You are grumpy, but we love you nonetheless. Both of those things are true. <laughs> Um, if you are waiting for your social media thanks as well, we're kind of rolling those out gradually just so we're not bombarding people with stuff all the time. Yeah, those will be coming out this week, I would imagine. And yeah, I've also... started doing a slow roll on Facebook, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll see them cropping up elsewhere as well. Yeah, and also there might be the first Patreon-only review episode coming out this week too. Yeah, that'll be with you very soon. Uh, so stay tuned to the channels. Uh, lots of good stuff still to come, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.